0: Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. The righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees. It's almost as if God is holding us to ransom with our behaviors, with how we live, our actions of every single moment of every single day. You don't get any downtime. You don't get to switch off because God is watching. He's worse than Santa. Santa only watches you in December, but God watches you 24-7 every single month of the year. It is a little bit crazy. And do you know the thing about expectations is that it creates stress. The only reason you get stressed out is because there's an expectation of you being able to do something or to accomplish something. And, and, and so there's this stress. And what happens when there is an expectation that is unfulfillable? It creates an over-the-top stress that leads to hopelessness, and in the end, it leads to depression. This is scientifically speaking. I can see why so many people have turned away from God. I know it's a bit strange. You came to a church this morning knowing that people are going to get baptized and here the pastor is saying that I can see why people don't want to be Christian. But I can understand that if God is watching your every move and your every behavior in order that He can judge you and cast you aside, I don't want that God. I don't want to serve that God because I'm only human. Don't place that weight of expectation anywhere near me. And the problem is that there are some Christians that think that they can live up to those standards. And so they begin to construct an exterior, a veneer, a mask, a face that makes them seem like they're all good. But don't pry too deep. Don't pull off that mask because there's still stuff in there that shows every single person that we are still human. We, We can't make it. And so... I'm not surprised that Christians have been labeled hypocritical because we seem to place standards on our lives that are unrealistic. But I'm kind of glad that that's not a God. No, I'm not kind of glad. I'm very glad that that's not a God that we serve. I'm very glad that that kind of a God is, is a reading of Scripture that is completely one-sided. It is not the whole picture. Because the thing is that God already knew that we were never going to be good enough. In Romans three twenty-three, it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And in Isaiah 64, 6, it says, we have all become like one who is unclean and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. And that's putting it nicely, polluted garment. You can go find out what it actually means. I'm not going to say it this morning. But it basically is saying, the scripture tells us that our best efforts are not going to be good enough. Scripture tells us you've stuffed up, and you're not going to be able to earn yourself a place in righteousness. Your actions are never going to measure up to the perfection that God demands. And even Paul, one of the greatest Christians in the Bible and maybe arguably of all time, he says this in Romans 7, For I know nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh, for I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but this evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. And then he cries out, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? If Paul couldn't live up to the standard that was necessary, Paul the apostle, Paul the one who planted church after church, Paul who was credited with bringing the gospel beyond uh, uh, Israel, Paul who was actually caught up into heaven and got to meet with God, if Paul Paul couldn't keep that standard. What hope do I have? But Paul himself answers it. He says, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. See, God understands that we are human. God understands that we have this internal mechanism that is corrupted, that desires things that we shouldn't desire, that causes us to act in ways that we shouldn't act. And God is not intending to hold us accountable to that because he created a way out. He created that way out through Jesus Christ. God never intended to put the blame on you. He intended to take the blame off of you. See, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 and 19 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new Creation: The old is gone, behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to Himself, not counting their trespasses against them. Christianity demands a standard, a standard that only Jesus fulfilled. Jesus came to earth, lived as perfect life, a sinless, blameless life, in order that He could be the perfect substitution for us. So that if we choose, this is something I love about God, that He loves us so much that He will not take away our will. He will not take away our ability to choose because that takes away our humanity. So giving us that choice, He shows us there's another way out rather than the death and destruction that we are all living out. And that is to say, Jesus, thank you for being my substitute. Thank you for taking my place. I accept you as my Savior and as my Lord. And in that moment, I love it. Because the Bible says that God doesn't just abscond you of your sin. He actually forgets it. Your past doesn't count against you. You're only human. But with God, you're born again. You're made new you're made whole. And that's what Christianity is all about. That's what Christianity should always be. It's not about striving to earn God's favor. It's not about striving to become better. It's about understanding that God has purchased the price for us and that out of that, we get a new life to live. But this morning, instead of me banging on and trying to convince you of this, we have got four people that are getting baptized, and baptism is simply this, a person's public confession of faith in Jesus. And through baptism, we are symbolizing a death to self and a life in Christ, just what 2 Corinthians was talking about. And so we've got four people that are actually saying, this is real to me. So more than me trying to convince you intellectually, we have got four stories of four people uh, in here. And in the kids, we've got another four people giving their testimony as well of how God has changed their life and therefore why they want to get baptized. So first one up, we have my mom-in-law, so proud of this. And uh, she's done this through a video. And so if you turn your attention to the screen, you will hear her story. Well done. Well done. Awesome. So next up, we have got Liz coming to give her, her story. So why don't we encourage you? Good morning. <laughs> yeah,
1: this is my testimony. Um, I have looked back to think about my, how I met God, and I realized that God has been calling me through my life. He has sent many people around me. I'm sure that there are more people even I couldn't remember. When I was an only teenager, I had a prejudice against Christianity. God showed me how much happy and blessed as being a God daughter through my best friend's their belief and faith of him. When I was 16, I felt God's heart is magnificent through my embraced my grandmother, who had converted from the Buddhism to Christianity. When I was 20, it was a very tough time. I did not have a passion about my future, think negative way, not interesting in making relationship with the people, and no energy to open up myself. That time, God guide me to connected with my another best friends and her friend family. They show me God's unconditional love and care, and they play for me. I could face with God truly. After I met with him, positive change in my heart was happened. and start to thinking about the creative life and understand and believe he has a plan for us. Enjoy listening God's word and worship him and gradually open up myself. They are very special memory that God has worked by for many people around me. Good experience and many strong connection and encouragement with God's family that support me to keep building up strength of the relationship with God. The connection gradually reduced and many heavy hurdles that stop me keep relationship with God to front of me since I have moved into Australia. Losing connection with the church and relationship with God was bit Inside of me was very thirsty. When I got used to being thirsty, Julie and Matthew interest me. Left church. Lift Church reminds me my special memory with God and show me being a member of the God's family. I'm so thankful that God led me being family with the Lift Church. I'm happy to share my testimony, and I'm happy to reconnect with God by this baptism today.
2: <laughs>
3: Fantastic.
0: Awesome. Well, next up we have Rhys, so why don't we welcome him up?
3: Um, Firstly, I'd like to thank all of my family and friends for coming today. It really means a lot to me. Um, Today actually isn't the first time that I've been baptised either. As a child, I decided to get baptized and felt it was the right thing to do as I grew up in a Christian family. I've lived a lot of life and I've made a lot of mistakes. Um, many of you have entered my life at different stages and have seen my ups and my downs and it's been a bit of a roller coaster. <laughs> um, for many years, I felt rejected, unlovable and dirty. I struggled with the idea that God could love somebody like me. I begged and pleaded for God to fix me. Uh, I would come up to the altar call every Sunday, um, begging for him to change me. Um, That he would show up, sweep me off my feet, and by some form of miracle, I'd wake up and be healed. I tried to do good works and committed myself to the church in every way. um, Every way that I physically could. Serving in many ministries and filling up my spare time with church life. This wasn't sustainable. And over time, cracks began to show in my life. I had an internal battle raging within, and it was causing me an immense amount of pain, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Everywhere I turned, I was reminded of how unworthy I was, that I was dirty, and I would never be good enough. I started to give up on God. I started to accept these things as truth and my reality. I closed myself off to the people that brought me correction, that spoke life and truly loved me. I closed myself off to my friends, to my church and to my family, and I wanted to do life on my own. Caught up in complete selfishness, I decided that I will live my life for me and put all of my own desires, needs and wants first. I dived headfirst into this newfound freedom with no rules, no cares and no one to answer to. I lived in a delusion, thinking I had finally found freedom. I became further depressed. The further I went down this destructive path, the worse it got. I felt like I had every blessing stripped of my life. Over time, my lifestyle started to catch up with me, and everything that I was doing in my rebellion was being blocked, doors were slamming shut in my face. And I blame my parents for that. <laughs> they had completely covered me in prayer from the day that I was born. They' have been persistent and have never given up they've never given up on me. at that point in my life i really didn't want it and i was ready to tell them to stop praying for me (laughs) i have to encourage you parents to keep praying and keep intercessing for your children because god will move in their lives i started to realize that in all my running away from god He was pursuing me passionately, and I could see it. And I started to make small changes. And over time, these small changes started to bear fruit in my life. The little things that I started to trust God with again, He started to bring me blessing. Slowly but surely, my heart started to soften towards God. I started yielding to Him and cutting off my rebellious ways. I started going to church again and began to understand God's unconditional love for me. Last week, Pastor Nate brought a really powerful word that a really powerful word that resounded with me and it made complete sense for the first time. This was my Light Globe moment. He spoke of the foundations we should be building our life with, and it starts with having an unshakable revelation of God's love. This understanding leads us to the second foundation of lordship. I used to be really scared of lordship. Trusting God and submitting my life to him was something I was not willing to do. But having a real revelation of his love has stripped all fear away, and making Jesus my Lord and Saviour has been my only option. Which brings me to the third foundation, which is purpose. We should be living lives that count, that make this world a better place. This is why I've decided to draw a line in the sand today and publicly declare that I understand God's love and the sacrifice that Jesus made for me on the cross to declare that I will submit my life to him and live a life purpose-filled. I have, to, I have had to make sacrifices and completely repent and turn my back on my old lifestyle. I lost friends along the way, but I've come to understand that these were necessary endings, letting go of the hands that will constantly distract me from what God is wanting to do in my life. I've come to realize God has a way of getting through to us. I know my identity, I know who I am, and more importantly, I know whose I am. Life has been breathed back into me. I've fallen in love with Jesus all over again. The more I breathe this life, the more the chains fall off. And I can stand here and say to you that I am perfect, I am blameless, and that old lifestyle is not anymore. Neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's um, yeah, one, one of the verses that really has stuck with me along the way. Thank you for listening. Awesome. Last but not least, we have
0: Derek to come and share. Good
2: morning, everyone. Um, I pretty much grew up in a um, Christian family and um, came to study here in Australia. And during that time, I lost my Christian connection and parted hard, really hard. And a while ago, um, reconnected with some friends that I went to high school with. And it turned out that one of the guys was involved in a car accident and died on the spot. And knowing that guy and, you know, having learnt with him, big muscular rugby player kinda guy, and just like that, you know, he died. And I guess it just made me realise that, you know, one moment you're living your life and everything looks perfect and in a minute you're gone. And when I look back at everything that I've done where I've been, for me personally just standing here is an absolute miracle and I'm thankful and grateful to God for giving me a second chance and I guess that's the God that we worship. He gives us second chances. That's all. Thanks.
0: Awesome. So in just a few moments, you will be heading out the back door and um, heading over, just facing the grass where, not, not yet, <laughs> just seeing a few people and um, yeah, we will be witnessing um, the baptisms that are about to take place, and, and I hope that you just at the very least sense that there's a depth of feeling when, when these people were shared. And it's not because we have asked them to chop some onions in the back corner before they jump up or spray some water on their face, but it actually is something that is heartfelt. And that's the God that we serve. It's a God that loves us. And, and it goes beyond an emotional love, but it still hits us where we need to be hit. And it sets us free where we need to be set free. God's not looking for you to be perfect. He was perfect for you. And this morning, before we take any uh, steps further, I would just like to uh, give this opportunity to anyone in this room that would like to have a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you have walked away, like some of, uh, some of them have shared that there was a walking away season and that might have taken place. Or maybe for you, this is the first time that this whole God thing begins to hit home. Whatever it is for you, I would love to give you the opportunity to invite Jesus into your, Lord, uh, into your life. And um, the Bible teaches us it's as simple as confessing of our lips and believing in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. And so what I'm going to do is that I'm going to ask everyone to close your eyes in just a moment. And then I'm going to count to three. And then at the count of three, if you want to say a prayer to invite Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you just have to put your hand up and then back down again. That's as simple as it is. And then from there, we will lead you into a prayer together. Can we do that, church? This is just such a powerful moment. I think um, I think for our people getting baptized, part of sharing a testimony is that they, they do hope that people get to share in this joy as well, that they get to experience this love that they have found in Jesus. So if you can all close your eyes, I'm going to count to three. One, two, three. Three. Is there anyone that would like to? Fantastic. Is there anyone else you can just put your hand up and then back down again? Just waiting one more moment. Awesome. Can we all say this prayer together? Dear Heavenly Father, I know I have sinned, but I know that you are the sacrifice that paid for that sin. I invite you into my life. Be my Lord. And my Saviour. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lift, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.